Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Uh, it's not very often you get to talk to your mentor, is it? Bloke that's taught you all about life. Everything you know has come from this man. And uh, it's uh, going to be wonderful to chat to him very shortly about cricket in particular and uh, a general view on it because the Black Caps find themselves in a bit of a precarious position in Bangladesh, I think it's fair to say, in this first test. Uh, and it's, uh, of course, the start of the new cycle of the World Test Championship. Need a good performance, but they need to get wickets fast this morning and then chase down what could be quite a tough task in the final innings. And added to that, the White Ferns are back in action in the first part of their home summer, very busy home summer, uh, there against uh, Pakistan. Uh, and uh, that will be here on SENZ Ball by Ball from 1pm on Sunday. And uh, calling that game will be the legendary Warren Lees on our behalf. And uh, Wally, of course, has had a history as a former player, former coach of the Black Caps, uh, former coach of the Sparks. And of course, he was also in charge of the White Ferns. So probably the best man qualified in the whole country to talk about cricket matters as we speak now. Good morning to you, sir. Oh, good morning, Stockley. Very, very good to hear from you. It's been a long time. It has been a long time, well, too long, actually. Um, the Black Caps, the Black Caps. Uh, how, are you, um, how are you seeing this test match? This is not the kind of pressure that we were expecting. No, we certainly weren't. And I think when they went over there, uh, albeit without, without not all their top players, but I think we would have expected uh, that it wasn't going to be a difficult task. We were going to set it off and we were going to win this first test. Now, the chances are that we may still win the test, but we've got ourselves in a bit of a hole. Uh, we're going to have to bat again. There's going to be quite a total to chase on a wicket that's um, going to help the spinners, and, and good spinners they've got as well. Uh, it's going to take a real fight in the fourth innings of, of this game. And I, I, I think it's a good challenge for our, for our fellows. There's enough time left in the game, but they really are going to have to, um, they're going to, have to knuckle down when they do get their, their turn to bat. Well, um, to be perfectly honest, you have been part of uh, on-tour selection uh, panels, etc. Your strategy is going into a test match. Um, I'll respect your judgment on this. I would, um, I would have played Ravindra on his World Cup form, but they didn't. What would you have thought? Oh, I'm 100% behind, uh, behind you. I mean, there's absolutely no way that he shouldn't be playing in our top team, no matter if you're red ball or white ball or 20 over or 50 over. Um, we've got to give these guys a chance. They don't come around very often. In fact, in New Zealand's history, they probably only come around five or six times. You cannot leave these guys alone. The public want to see him play. I mean, he's a hero after the World Cup. And, and we've said to him, no, no, we're not going to let you play. We're going to give it to some, the loyalty to some of the other players 
is completely, should not even be brought into it. They should be deciding, we've got a player for the future. There's already a name is, is known around the world. And we've said, yeah. we're not going to play here. Well, no, not fair. And I, and I just think that uh, if you learn from their mistakes, they're, they're going to lose some of these players if that's the way it's going to be. You've got to give the youngsters a chance. And when we get one, make sure that our public get the chance to see him play. Yeah, I think too often we re- we re- reward the past as opposed to look at the current. And, um, you know, I mean, he just is one of the most informed players in the world, and we can't pick him. It just it baffles me. Having said that, we still have one of our, our greats available to us, Kane Williamson, Test Hit Match 100, number 29. You had a great working relationship with Martin Crowe, Hogan, and you uh, were a top team together. Uh, where do you rate Kane Williamson, Martin Crowe? I mean, it's bit of, been a bit of an argument, but Williamson's been superb, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely fantastic. He has something about him. Um, I've said in the past, he's probably the son of all that every male in New Zealand wants to have. He's a lovely, lovely chap, uh, so polite, so unassuming, and yet underneath, somewhere in there, there's a determination that uh, sort of belies the sort of person we, we think he might be from the outside. Um, so determined. And, and even with his injury problem, which could have turned a few other people off, it, it could have turned some people back to their family and their youngsters. And the you know, I've just had enough of this. It's far too hard. Well, no. He's got his own goals. I, I, I have no idea what they might be. But he'll have his own personal uh, achievement levels that he wants to get to. I love the way he talks about the team. I love it. I absolutely love it when they interview him after scoring 100 and he talks about how important it is for the team. And I think that's just so important for some of the young players in the Black Caps at the moment. But sensation. Mm. I know we can, we can talk about him uh, and compare him with players of the past. But to be fair, when Martin Crowe started, he was being compared with Glenn Turner. When Glenn Turner started, he was being uh, compared with people are even older than you and I with, with Bert Sutcliffe. Uh, Martin Crowe was then um, uh, compared to, to those sort of players. And now we compare, mm. the, the game's different. It's almost like playing a different sport, really. When you look back, only about 30 years, uh, it, was, it really was a different sport. There were different conditions, there were different bats, different balls, the boundaries were, all those sort of things. And, and I, I, I think it's an unfair. I, I think we should just celebrate the fact but at the moment, he's in the, probably in the top three or four batsmen in the world. And I think that's something to celebrate. We don't have to belittle the players of the past. We just have to say they were great at their time. And let's appreciate the way they were. And I just think that the, the talk about is, is Williamson better than Crow. I don't say it hurts, but I just, I just feel that uh, we're actually playing a completely different sport, almost like the All Blacks going back to his Colin Meads as good as no, no, those sort of things. It's a different era, and, and I never sort of get into those discussions. But I do appreciate that Kane Williamson is a very, very fine player, batsman, captain, and person. I mean, it's great. Yeah. It- I think it is too. I mean, he just is. <laughs> he is just the epitome of, you know, your, your favourite son in law. You're right there, actually. Um, right. Okay. 
Now, here's a subject that uh, I really wanted to talk to you about because you have coached uh, a lot of these players you're going to commentate on at um, the weekend. Uh, you're, of course, part of our group, um, which will be focusing in on the White Ferns against Pakistan. Now, this is a series, for all intents and purposes, we should dominate. I'm not saying we will. We should dominate. And my question to you about the White Ferns, Wally, is how far forward have they gone? When you look at the fact that it's, it's the Bates, it's the Divine, it's the Mealy Kerr show, and it was almost back in your time. Yeah, you did right. I think I think they've come forward. Don't don't get me wrong. I think they've made huge strides, and, and thank goodness the gin drinking board drinkers, uh, the board board people have decided there's got to be some form of equality in the game because I think that's changed the women's game as well. You're right to say that those three players, Divine, Kerr, and Bates, they're up there sort of on their own. And, and uh, had there been a satisfied alongside of them, there would have been four of them, I guess. And that's a selector's um, uh, decision anyway. But the thing that hasn't really changed is that the number of players at the bottom of the group of 12, whenever you pick 12, that we've still got um, four players or three or four players at the top. We've still got a, very, a reasonably strong middle group of players, three or four but we've still got down the bottom the players. We're just trying them out, and ho- hopefully they'll do it. Almost the way the Black Caps have decided, have tried to decide on their medium pace and fast bowlers in the last few years. We give them a chance. We give them a taste. We take them away on a tour. We give them one game out of five, and then we discard them again. And it's a little bit the same with the, the White Ferns as well. I think um, the girls are playing more cricket in New Zealand. They're playing in better conditions. They're playing professionally coached and and taught a lot of things about the game. Um, the competition that they're learning is the more you play, the better you get. I agree with that. I mean, it's fine. But we still haven't been able to say, here's Pakistan coming. They're coming into foreign country and different conditions, and they, they've got one or two very, very good players, but we should really beat them. Now, the should is in hope, isn't it? It's not an expectation. We, we hope we can play well. We hope we can beat them. But we should be expecting to beat them. And that's the difference. We haven't quite, I don't think we've quite got the, the depth that so many other teams around the world have improved. And I don't know that over a whole team of 12, 13, 14 players on tour, um, I don't know whether we've improved that much. Mm. Yeah, my fear, and I'm with you totally on the, you know, the increased opportunities and uh, the increased benefits for for women in the game. My biggest problem I have when I look at this White Ferns, and I've been studying them uh, more closely since I've been actually in this job, uh, is that it's the same names, and, and I, they can't play forever. I mean, they just simply can't. So where where are your, your Georgia Plimmers, etc.? Where where are these young uh, batters going to come through and get their chance? I mean, are these the kind of series that Perhaps you know we should be looking at increased responsibility for them. Oh, there's, there's a number of ways you can improve the play, the, the the form and the experience and the performance of those players who are just sort of waiting in the wings. And it's it's, it's not too um, different to, to the uh, Black Caps as well. There are players there that are going to be replaced in the next two or three years. And and you're right, there'll be players in the in the um, White Ferns who are going to be replaced. It's it's a matter of working out the best way to get the best. We're desperate to beat Pakistan, so we're going to rely heavily on your divine Kerr and Bates and perhaps Manny Green um, and, and hope that the others can do the job. We've got to find a way to either strengthen 
uh, interprovincial competition so that those girls who are well, we're talking batting at the moment. We, we, we could be talking bowling as well if we wanted. But if if we really want them to improve, they, we have to give them a competition that is, is demanding of them at every single opportunity that they dominate the provincial program between Otago, Canterbury, CD or whoever it might be. They've got to dominate that. Or we've got to go, go further and be prepared to spend some money and send the next group of players, you'll remember those days, to Australia, to, to play against New South Wales country and, and, and northern Queensland or whoever and, and play a couple of series games over there. We, we've got to give them a competition that says, you're on your own, girls. You've got to stand up now. We can't have you giving 12 runs and thinking that's successful because that's the thinking that a lot of the players have had in the past. I totally agree. Uh, you know, um, you know, we, we make 11 not out and we've made a, a valid contribution at the end of the game. Meanwhile, Susie Bates has scored, you know, 75. Uh, Sophie Devine has scored 63 and Mealy Kerr's at the other end, 46 not out. And you walk off thinking, yeah, I've made the grade. Well, you haven't. You, you simply have not made the grade. Uh, I'll, I'll change tack now while I go back to um, the, the playing days. And, of course, um, you were a part of the New Zealand test team that played its first ever uh, Boxing Day Test match um, in Melbourne. I want to relive that to a certain extent because there's a lot of stories uh, came out of that, came out of the following one, how New Zealand were pretty hard done by. Now on the basis that we've been given uh, the opportunity to play another one in 2026. Uh, well, um, the memories of um, 1980 and the Test match where having been beaten up so badly in the first two Tests, uh, um, and Roddy said this the other day, someone put a sign up on the ground, please, for Christmas, can I have a five-day test? Well, we gave them a five-day test, or you gave them a five-day test, but I'm talking about that incident. That incident, the court leaves, Jimmy Higgs court leaves bowl cans, which changed the match. Oh, absolutely outstanding. The whole, the whole thing, you look back now, well, actually, I, I need to because I can hardly remember it, but um, if, if you could just imagine Lance Cairns he ran it off about 10 paces. He bowled with a very strange action, which, which meant he, he, he was naturally going to bowl in swingers. Occasionally, he, he might see one away a little bit. Um, and, and he bowled one short to, to Jim Higgs, who went to defend it uh, sort of about head height. Uh, would have been very slow at head height. And he closed <laughs> it through to me. And it was so obvious to everyone that was out. I don't even know if it was a huge appeal for the actual ball, but more the appeal was the excitement of the moment that we were going to do this. And it was given not out. And it was like unbelievable. It was, it was sort of like no one... We, we weren't that confident in those days playing against Australia. We certainly weren't, and, and deservedly so. But we weren't going to challenge the, the umpire immediately. No one was swearing and cursing and carrying on. It was like we just don't believe what's happened. It took... Some time to sink in. And it hurts. By God, did it hurt. After being, you're right, thrashed earlier on, to turn it around. Now, now, Lance himself, hard of hearing at times, as you'll remember, didn't even, wasn't even sure about the noise because he, he, he says he didn't hear anything. Well, that's fine, but it was, it was a definite, it was definitely out. It was definitely come off the brother, definitely came through. And surprisingly, I definitely caught it. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was one of those. I mean, if you play long enough, you have lots of those incidents, and, and we know that. We know the Martin's Ned and Catch, and we know the underarm, and all those sort of things, and they do occur. But sometimes, when you're playing against the very best, 
you need to be at your best. And those days we couldn't always be at our best. We were we were doing it one and three or something like that. Because we just didn't have the players. We didn't have the depth. We were like the what we're talking about right now, about the right things. So when you do play at your best and you and you get something to go against you, yeah, it hurts a bit. But it it doesn't last long. The next morning we were laughing about it, I guess. Yeah, well, we went laughing at, and the, we should have been celebrating, I think, one of New Zealand's greatest moments in cricket up to that point and denied it by Robin Bailash and, um, you know, the intimidatory bowling thing was just an absolute joke, an absolute joke. Well, so, and I was, in the, I was in the viewing room looking down on it and I, I just could not believe him. Of course, back in our day, we had uh, Geoffrey Howarth as our captain who uh, throughout that summer had a lot of uh, deep and meaningful conversations with umpires. Yeah, he did, and he, and he stood up for his rights. Um, he, fortunately, because of his background, especially in professional cricket, uh, playing for Surrey in England, um, I think he he had earned, I, I guess, uh, from the umpire the respect that, that they were going to listen, and, and I don't think there were too many overly animated discussions. I mean, Jeff got his case. Um, mm. We struggled re- really with umpires. Uh, we were the little brother, we were the cheeky little bugger from over the, the Tasman, and I think some of the umpires thought of us a little bit like that way. We enjoyed our cricket, and we even enjoyed sometimes close losses, but we mm. didn't enjoy it when we thought we'd been done, when we actually been done by an umpire decision that seemed, well, almost deliberate, really, didn't it? Um, I think that's the way we played our games in those days. We, we didn't expect to win every test match against the top teams, but by God, when we played well, we were actually quite a good unit, and that developed, you know, in, in the in the late seventies and early eighties, and, and we had a, a good team for a while. You did right. That was a landmark tour for a number of reasons uh, back in nineteen eighty, and uh, I'll never forget that incident. And I wasn't even involved, but I, I, I just said, uh, that set back our opportunity for a very very famous victory. And Higgs went on with. Uh, Doug Walters to basically save that test match. We ran out of time to go and win it, and it was appalling. But however, uh, Warren Lees, we all have to move on, and you're moving on to uh, the University of Otago Oval on Sunday uh, to call some cricket for it. We look forward to that, mate. Great catching up this morning, and uh, hopefully we shall catch up in person throughout the summer of cricket coming up. Been a pleasure, man. Thank you. Thanks very much, Stockley. Good to hear from you. I will run into you sometime across the summer, and we'll discuss yep. things in the past. Good on you. Cheers.